I think you're sitting up. Do you feel like you're sitting up? It's going to be cold, so we do it. Put your coat on. Okay, I'm ready. Okay, but you're not holding your microphone where you're supposed to hold your microphone. Hello. Hello. One, two, three. Does that work? I think it sounds, One, I think two, it looks good to three. me. Welcome to your mom. Your mom podcast. Your mom's podcast. This isn't any podcast. This is your mother's podcast. My mom's podcast. Nah, dude, she's your mom. With Ashley Addison and Lisa McCaffrey. Your mom is a podcast. Shut up, dude. Welcome to My Mom. Greatest episode ever. (laughs) If you literally listen to this episode, that's all that matters. Okay, who are you? Go ahead, introduce yourself. Ashley Adamson, Lisa McCaffrey. I got to say, ever since we launched this podcast, people have been like, when are you guys going to have your moms on? You get all of these people to come on and bear their souls. Yeah. And when are you going to have your moms on? Well, the time has come, Lisa. Your um, your wish is our command. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Uh, your mom, by the way, was easier to pin down than my mom. We interviewed your mom last summer and held it right. for Mother's Day. So stay tuned. We're going to hear yeah, that, And it's an old one. That's boring. And Eddie, audio no, it is so good. This one, Next week. Ashley, because, because your mom was so reluctant to come on, uh-huh. I was so nervous for her, like how she was going to be. Two minutes in, I'm like, oh my God, Ashley, shut your mouth. Let your mom talk. She was... <laughs> a gem. She was amazing. I get it. Now I literally like, it's the window into your soul. I get why you are the way you are. I love your mom. Oh my gosh. I I love, love, love her. So thank you for saying that. Uh, and I will say she was so reluctant. I kept asking her to come on and she just kept saying, no, no, like just total stiff arming. And finally she did. So I had those same nerves. And then at the end of it, I was like, mom, that was freaking awesome. So I, I will, well, I just want to set the scene really quickly yeah, as okay, to sorry. how this yeah, happened. Yeah. So about six months ago, um, one of my dearest friends in the world, Kate Bowen texted me and said, do you want to take our moms to Paris? And I'm like, well, that's not a text you get every day. We'd yeah. always talked about going on a trip with them together. She, she I'm close with her mom. She's close with my mom. Coast of Paris. I'm kind of bummed. She didn't say that. <laughs> We had always talked about doing this. And she said, look, I've got all these Marriott points. I'll cover the rooms, which is like the most generous thing ever because we probably would have never made it happen if it wasn't that. It was the most magical trip. We went right after we went in the beginning of April, right after basketball season ended. We got three days, all four of us together. And then the last day was just my mom and I. And every minute of it was amazing. I still am like looking back at the pictures and we talk about all the time. It was just magical. But the last day we were by ourselves and we go to this famous little outdoor shopping street. I think it's called Rue Claire. I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, but we got a bunch of food and a picnic. All of France. Totally. Yes. And I don't even know how to say sorry in French. And I took French for like every mother in France. Ashley. Yes. Uh, And so we get this picnic and we go to this grassy area near the Eiffel Tower. Of course, a bottle of wine and we sit down and I pull out the microphones and I will save the comments about like the experience of recording this podcast with my mom for, you know, after you listen to it, but I will want to, I do want to say one thing. I reference my friend Judy off the a top lot. and yes, Judy is yeah. a dear friend of mine um, who is so intuitive. She lost her mom uh, several years ago. And when I oh. told her I was doing this um, interview with my mom, 
And I said, do you have any questions? Do you think, is there anything that you think I should ask her? And in the most Judy fashion, she sends me an email, like a Google doc with the most thoughtful list of questions of all time. Many of which I would have never asked my mom if it had just been the two. The questions were so good. They they were were spot on. They kept it rolling. And it brought out so much of your mom into that interview. It it did. It looked magical. I think that our, our mission for everybody listening needs to go grab their mom if they're live and get a bottle of wine and go to the bottom of the Eiffel Tower in France and just talk to your mom, but record it record it and have it for posterity. Cause it was like, it was beautiful. It was such a beautiful scene. Thank you. You guys were on wine in a healthy, good way. It was the dog came up. I don't know. It was just, it was, I made me want to be there sitting. I made me want to be there with you guys. Just it was, it was one of the most special moments certainly of my mom and I's relationship for sure. And to your exact point, I couldn't agree more. And you don't have to go to Paris, but take, if your mom, if you are lucky enough to still have parents who are alive, record some conversations with them. And I know it feels like an awkward thing to do. It's never a good time. And I literally, we had, this was nine months of trying to convince my mom to do it. Um, But you will not regret it. And what Judy said to me, and this is the last thing I'll say, and then we'll let it roll. But what Judy said to me is she said, yeah, I went a little over the top on the questions. And it is true because I would have given anything to be able to have this conversation with my mom when she was alive and record it so that my kids could hear it so that I could play it back. And so this is a total gift. Thank you, Judes, and thank you to my mom for finally saying yes. So without further ado, enjoy the one and only Anne Earhart. This has been a long time coming. I had to take her to Paris and have her drink a bottle of wine before I could get my mom on the podcast, but here we are. How does it feel, Mom? You got to hold your mic up. We talked about that. feels like a hostage crisis situation, but it's not. <laughs> You're here on, you are here on your own will. We should say that off the top. You are here on your own free will. Uh-huh. Um, cheers. 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 At the Eiffel Tower. We're here at the Eiffel Tower. I tell people all the time that we need to start keeping track of our bucket list, especially as moms who have done so much for other people. You need to pay attention to what you want to do. This was a bucket list item and here we are. And here we are. And here we are. Okay. <laughs> now, my other friend, Judy, sent me a list of questions when I was telling her that I was going to interview. Judy is a friend of ours who knows you very well. And because Lisa can't be here, and part of that isn't because she didn't want to, but it's because my cell phone is dead. She was going to FaceTime in, and that's not going to happen. So, Lisa, sorry. You're dearly missed. We love you. And we've got a couple questions from you. But Judy sent me a list of full questions. So some of these are coming from me, but most of these are going to come from Jude's. And as we tell everyone, just answer honestly and openly and we can cut out anything you don't want us to use at the end. <laughs> yeah. And maybe take one more sip of wine before we start. Okay. Good idea. Is there anything that you want to ask me before we start? No, uh, no I'm just proud you're my daughter. Oh, I'm proud you're my mom. How lovely is that? Okay. Well, welcome to your mom. Thank you. I've been waiting to be on. I have also been waiting for you to be on. It's been the number one question I've gotten uh, since we started this podcast called Your Mom. And I think the appropriate way to start my interview with my mom is for you to talk about your mom, my grandmother, Margaret Earhart. 
And I think we start there because Judy said this is a beautiful opportunity to be able to talk about not only our relationship, but your relationship with your mom, which is informative to, I think, how you became a parent as well. So tell me about Margaret Earhart, mom. She was married at 21 to leave the house, had six children, seven children, six siblings, and she worked, didn't go to college, very smart. It's a good mom, as good as she can be. Um, And six kids is a lot. Six kids is a lot. And the youngest, Kristen, had cystic fibrosis. fibrosis. So she was sick. sick. When she was a baby, really. Yep. Yep. And she passed away when she was 25. 25. Yes. And my Aunt Kristen was amazing. She She was best. We could do a whole podcast on her, for sure. But she was formative, I think, to... Obviously, to your life and to mine as well. What were things that you loved about your mom, and what was something that was hard about your mom? I love that she took care of her kids, and my dad was building a business. He started a business when she already had five of us, mm-hmm. and we were pretty young. So she did it, did most of it. <laughs> um, and she, she did have a mental illness. And that was difficult. Um, She sometimes yelled at her kids, but sometimes I did that too. (laughs) But I learned. (laughs) I actually love that. Yeah. And um, let's see. She had a beautiful voice. She's a. I. You told me that today, and that was one of those things that I felt badly because I had no idea that she had a great voice. Yeah. And a soprano. Have it. Soprano. Yeah. I don't have it it either. (laughs) I think I I got more. If there was a baritone gene, maybe I got that one. But. yeah, Margaret was amazing. She was really good to us, always spoiled us. I have told the story of the fish tank on one of these episodes in which she fiercely defended her granddaughter because she couldn't have imagined that I did anything wrong to a fish tank. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you're just going to have to go back and look up that episode. Really did. I just said the fish tank broke. <laughs> you were responsible The fish tank for broke, and I played a part in it. Quickly gave you a 50 spot. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me pay for it. So... Rest in yeah. peace, Margaret Earhart. She she did, she as we have talked about. Yeah. She was great. Yeah. And you know what I think you got from her that I really appreciate is that you make every holiday feel really special. You do, because you always, and I roll my eyes, and as you know this, you, I roll my eyes at you sometimes because I just think we don't need to have the perfect placemats and the perfect napkins, and kids are going to be crying like they are here. <laughs> in Paris anyways um and but when I as I've gotten a little bit older and my kids are now really into every single holiday uh, you make them special and the extra effort makes a difference and I think you got that from her my mom always did yeah Christmas Easter whatever it was just you always make we always make sure we make the Christmas cookies and dye the Easter eggs all those things and it it does matter the traditions that pass on what was something that you always wanted to tell your mom and didn't. I don't think I ever directly told her that I love her. Oh. You didn't say that in my family. Really? Really. She um, never said it to you? I don't think so. Maybe when I was little, I'm sure. Yeah. But you don't remember she it as an adult. Me. I had a, one sister a year older than me and one a year younger. And they came rapid succession after that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, that's that makes me a little sad. And I don't think I realized that. Ask her. She never had a chance to go to college. Um, her dad thought only the boys needed to go to college. Yeah, she was very smart. 
um, what she would have liked to do besides be a mom? That would have been a good question. What do you think she would have done? Uh, I don't know. She could have sang professionally. Yeah. Played the piano. Um, she, I'm sure she'd be good in bookkeeping sales. She used to sell kids' shoes. She was fun. She was, but she did. She made the holidays special, and I loved going to visit her in Lake Michigan. We should we should mention, by the way, I'll probably have said this in the open, but by way of your background, born in Dearborn, Michigan, right outside Detroit, grew up in Michigan, families from Grand Rapids. You mentioned your dad, my grandpa, started a construction business. You went to Colorado for undergrad. You got your Bachelor of Nursing. Right. This is a good University thing for me to make sure that I'm getting right. <laughs> and then you went to University, University of Michigan, Michigan for your master's for your grad school. Okay, so you were you are also very smart. And my older brother Alex and I <laughs> say this all the time that you are probably smarter than we give you credit for. Yeah, not smarter than your dad, but smarter <laughs> than you give credit for. <laughs> yeah, there's no we're not we're not comparing we're not comparing yeah. anything. <laughs> You need jeans from both. There were a lot of good jeans from both sides. Yes, I agree with that. Uh, when you became a mom, what surprised you most about the experience? What did you expect compared to what happened when your perfect little Alex came screaming into the world? <laughs> I felt totally um, protective. Mm. Like I was a mother bear and I don't know where it came from. It just, it's physical. It's human, I think. Um, yeah. Everything was about that baby the baby's needs came first it was always first and everyone else was after that and it was okay because that's what that's what you needed to get through to keep them alive yeah (laughs) exactly yeah what was alex like as a baby compared to me oh alex was easier (laughs) (laughs) but then teenage years rolled around and i was way easier right (laughs) He was a beautiful baby. <laughs> he was. Oh, you can tell this story. You can tell this story. Go ahead. I Because I know where this is going. Picture per- beautiful baby. Um, still is a beautiful baby. Still is, yeah. yeah. Tall, beautiful baby. <laughs> and Ashley was born in my... I lived in Colorado, so my sister came to visit me, my older <laughs> sister. And she looked at her and she said, oh, you know, she kind of looks like a mole. <laughs> it's uh, very molesque. And I just remember thinking, oh, you know, I guess my beautiful baby was... Thank you. My boy. <laughs> and that's okay. I mean, Ashley's Ashley. <laughs> Little did you, I know. Your beautiful baby was your boy, I though. Like oh, that's great. Yeah. Cuter and cuter. Yeah. And you also gave me a name that your father in law didn't oh. <laughs> particularly love. We named her Ashley Adamson. And the first thing my father in law said was, Ashley Adamson. It sounds like an English whore. <laughs> being totally put out at the time. Like, who could say that about this sweet baby? Yeah, this mole of a baby. How could you say this (laughs) about this poor, ugly baby? But, you know, that was him. (laughs) So an English whore that looked like a mole. I came from humble beginnings. (laughs) And here we are doing a podcast in front of the Eiffel Tower. I showed you, all of you. (laughs) Oh, man. Who did you look up to or who did you talk to when Alex and I were little and you tried to, were trying to figure it out? Like, who did you go to for parenting advice or did she... my girlfriends who you yeah. usually single parents a little bit my sister um i think my girlfriend yeah who i was around so yeah and so again we you married my dad gary and you guys got divorced when i was two right i was married almost five years five years um 
And then you and Alex and I moved to Michigan when that was when you went back to grad school. Right. I right. was almost 30 at the time. Right. Yeah. Um, that's wild to me because I think about what I was doing when I was 30 and I was living in Alex's basement when I was 30. <laughs> but you had this job. I did have this job. <laughs> Worked as a nurse, but um, it was hard. And with as a single parent, I'd work in the evenings and mm-hmm. I'd pick you up from daycare at midnight, wake you guys up in your pajamas, put you in the cold car. It was yeah. crazy. So I thought I needed a day job. So I went into health administration. <laughs> Which was smart. And you worked very hard for many years in that industry for University of Michigan after you finished your master's, right? right? University of Colorado. Yep. When were you most worried about us? Maybe me in particular, maybe Alex in particular, maybe it was the same time. But I think when my husband decided that he didn't want to be married anymore, Ashley was only 18 months old. And I was kind of shock and disbelief and very sad. And I was afraid that because I was sad, she wouldn't be a happy child. <laughs> but that did not happen, <laughs> fortunately. I didn't know that. Okay. Oh, yeah. You were worried that... It's fair to say I was depressed. Yeah. In shock. I think that's fair. Um, but that didn't happen. So I'm glad. And we almost have no pictures of Ashley. Which is <laughs> baby from that Yeah, era. that ugly baby. Thank God we don't have any pictures. To take care of you. To take, to take yeah. Yeah, you were in survival mode. Pictures all the time. Yeah, yeah, we've got plenty of pictures now. We've made up for lost time. What was I like as a kid? So I was happy as a kid. Yeah, you were athletic. Um, You were competitive. You were smart. Alex was very smart. It was hard to be smart compared to Alex. Yep. You were pretty smart. Yeah, Alex. (laughs) Did well. I think I had a complex about that. That Alex was. We were smart in different ways. Yeah. You were very, very, very social and always had a lot of friends. And you had a lot of fun. Yeah. And even more in high school, which was something that I didn't know about until later. <laughs> they say you don't tell your parents some things until they're old enough to hear them. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it's probably just as well. When were you the maddest at me? And you can be oh, honest. This can gosh. be. You've, you've, flip, you've pumped my tires enough. You can, you can be honest with me um, now. God. Or disappointed? Let's see. When you were thinking about going to, when Ashley was deciding where to go to college, her brother was at Notre Dame, which is a good school. She got in. <laughs> and she also got into Boston College. And we went on a trip to visit it in the middle of winter in the snow. And it was, it just seemed great. It did. And her dad was paying the tuition and room and board. And so she could go there. <laughs> and I really wanted you to go there. And you were thinking about going to South Bend. And I just, I thought, oh, it would be a lost opportunity. It's a yeah. bigger world. Yeah. Boston. And hey, look what happened. You got your undergrad degree in English from Boston College. And then you went on and got your master's at University, Boston yes. University. Yeah. And it was a new world. Think of all the people you met there, your husband most notably. <laughs> so the thing that you were about to be disappointed in me, you didn't end up being, it ended up that you were happy yeah. Because I didn't make, make the wrong decision. That I wanted you to make. But I don't think I forced you. <laughs> no, you didn't. You didn't. And I actually, I should probably give my dad here a little bit of credit because he went to Notre Dame and obviously I'm sure would have loved for me to go to Notre Dame, but never once said that, gave his opinion on what I should or shouldn't do, He, which I appreciate. And your brother had gone there. And my brother was there. For him. That's and that was the was whole about. reason... I, th- I think that was the whole reason that I was going to go to Notre Dame was because of Alex. And then when I realized that 
Alex was going to be there for a year and a half of the time that I was there because he was studying abroad in France, in France yes. by the way. Here we are. Um, comes around. Comes around. <laughs> uh, that I, I think ultimately, well, do you remember what you said to me? No, tell me. <laughs> you said you don't <laughs> want to marry a guy that. from Notre Dame. Did I say that? You did. You did. You had some, some bad. Yeah, you had some baggage from, from that. And um, I think how? the reality is... If I had married, so who knows what would have happened, but uh, we wouldn't be sitting here in front of the Eiffel Tower, that's for damn sure. True. I'd probably be in the Chicago suburbs, not married to the love of my life. life. <laughs> yeah. And I would be, I life. know, I wouldn't even know what a podcast is, probably. <laughs> so, good job, good intuition. You knew this was coming. I wanted you to have your own thing in a... No, and I think I did too. I think I did too. And I, I felt like I got into BC on my own. And there was probably part of me that was like, I would have always been in Alex's, you know. And you made friends. Shadow. Right and I, yeah, and I know I would have just hung out with him and his friends and I needed to go do my own thing. And it was the best decision ever. Boston College was and the Ashley, best decision ever. Ashley was there two yeah. days. I went for parents orientation. And I was getting ready to go and I was so sad. And then uh, yeah. some boy from campus that met Ashley the day before said, hey, Ashley, how you doing? <laughs> and she'd already made friends. So. Everybody's made friends. I will tell you, I was surprised. Like, I remember this very vividly when you dropped me off at my dorm room and you left, you were on the porch of Keys North oh, and you just started crying. And it was, it's so, because you, it was so helpful. You know, we had a great three days where there was no real emotion or anything that whole time. And then all of a sudden you dropped me off. And just you just start crying. Then I started crying because then I felt sad. And then I thought, well, should I feel sadder? But then I didn't even occur to me that you just dropped off your last child at college. Yes. And life changes. And life changes. And it was never going to be the so same. I tell all my friends with yeah. junior high, high school, spend time with them. Spend time with them. Fun? Yes. They are. It happens very quickly. And I. I, I just remember that very poignantly. And then I felt so bad. And then I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what to say to make it feel better. Cause it was like, oh yeah, this is really real. I don't remember crying at all. It's so funny. Oh I'm yeah. Totally. You were, you were really <laughs> crying. It was right at the very end when we said goodbye. Um, you came out. Okay. Yeah. And so did you, <laughs> you, you turned out just fine. Exactly. I, appreciate that. <laughs> I think I'm going to have a little more wine. Uh, these, by the way, I just, again, shout out to Judy for these amazing questions. Cause these are all coming from her and I didn't know the answer to a few of them the way that you've answered mom. So I'm learning new things. If you could go back and get one parenting decision do over, what would it be? Which must be hard because both of your children are perfect. Nearly. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny. I, it's hard to say one, but I felt like because I was a single parent and I was in grad school and then starting my career, I, there wasn't enough of me to go around. Yeah. And so when you had a soccer practice or soccer game, I would go to every other game. I thought, well, I can do that. And when we moved to Colorado and I saw that your dad was going to every single track meet and basketball game and everything, I thought, oh yeah, maybe I can do that. <laughs> I don't ever remember though, mom. I don't remember you not, I, I remember you being at our games. I, I, I changed. Yeah. No, I think you, I think both Alex and I knew that you did everything you could. And I've told you this before, and I've said this on this podcast before, when I'm home alone with my two kids, 
for any real stretch of time, I just think, no wonder you're freaking crazy because kids True. make us crazy. And how, you did, I mean, it's amazing what you did because you did the best that you did. And it was good for Alex and I because we became very independent. You were one and Alex was three when I became a single parent. Yeah. Um, and you came home from school when you were in second grade. It's so, gosh, I said to my friend, um, how did you get that like ding dong or hostess thing in your lunch and your mom she goes well my mom puts those in she goes your mom makes your lunch <laughs> yeah I couldn't I couldn't believe that in second grade that moms made <laughs> their really kids lunch but it's good for me I'm gonna you know what Collins is gonna be in second grade before I know it he needs to start working on his lunch yeah but all of those things were good for us and you guys took care of your stuff your homework your I, I just we just I did it. it I know you did I know and look how it worked it did work it did Does work it work for everyone yeah can we um can we tell the story of uh so my mom was very sought after as anyone who's watching this podcast on our YouTube channel will know because she's a total knockout. Um, and she's single, just going to throw that out there. Uh, but what I will say is that I loved a lot of your boyfriends. There were some really great ones. There were some, there were some not so great ones. If we can be honest, there were some weird ones. We will not name any names to protect the innocent. Um, but you came, this is just kind of a little small snapshot of what it was like to have Anne as your mom, single mom, single mom mom life in Ann Arbor, Michigan. You came to our band performance. So Alex is in the eighth grade and he's playing (laughs) drums. He's playing percussion. And I was in the fifth grade band or sixth grade band and I was playing flute and (laughs) we, there was a video taken from, you know, the music teacher set up a video. This was a big, in the big parish hall. It's a big performance for all the parents. And the video cameras in the very back of the room. They don't have the high-tech stuff they do now. And they recorded the whole thing. And then they watched it back uh, in eighth grade music class to, like, sound, see how good everyone looks during class, it, during my brother's class. And my mom is in the back row of the performance during the performance making out with her boyfriend just kissing it wasn't really making out oh is there a difference between kids like so this is why i begged him to go because everything that i went to as a single parent i was there alone yeah. and so when i begged him to come with me meanwhile he had three other children um he came and i was just so excited. <laughs> I thought, well, what parents... You're like, well, I want to make sure that he comes back to more events. <laughs> to me, it wasn't even unusual. It was just I kind know. of natural. No, it was but just so great. The other that. parents were not kissing, <laughs> turns out. Uh, there needs to be more making out at band performances. <laughs> I'm just going to say, that's going to be the, the tip, poor the takeaway, really, poor from this. Alex. I know. So poor Alex. God bless him. So, yeah, so all of his friends are like, is that... Whose mom is that? And... It was this special lady right here. (laughs) It was special. There were a lot of a lot of men who, you know, had their chance, and just none of them survived. Uh, Okay, this is enough. These are two that I'm going to put together because you told me that these this was the same answer when I told you about these questions. What parenting decision was hardest for you, and what parenting decision are you proudest of? And it's the same one. When um, my son was going into high school, his fa- we were living in Michigan, and he wanted his father wanted him to go back to Denver 
and go to his high school, which was a great high school, college prep school. And I had full custody, but I kind of let Alex decide. And so I sold the house, left my friends, left my boyfriend. Well, hold on. First, (laughs) Alex moves and you and I are together for a year. That's true. I I said, yeah, go ahead. Go. And then after that one year apart. But being apart from him was I think that was when you realized. Yeah. So the hardest decision was to then leave your life. Move out there, leave my family in Michigan and leave my friends because we had a big network of friends. And because you knew that Alex and I wanted to, should be together. Should be together. And I mean, it was a good school and your dad offered to pay for your college. That was was the thing. Here's a carrot. I'll pay for their college tuition. (laughs) That seems like a pretty good carrot. You can go anywhere they want. But that belittles the decision that you made. (laughs) That undermines the decision that you made. Because mom, I, and I have said this to you, but I think it is the most self, when I actually step back and think about it, and I have, when I actually can put myself in an adult brain and think about where you were and what that must have been like to leave your boyfriend, who I loved, he was maybe my favorite of all of yours at the time, um, your job, and to move to Colorado to then be around my dad and my stepmom. And it was one of those things that, I think that that would have been probably one of the hardest things ever. And yet you did it. And then when we went to college, you moved back to Michigan. And I remember thinking, well, she's going to, of course, stay in Colorado. Yeah. I stayed for a little bit. Yeah, you stayed. But you did give up a ton. And it was... But it worked out. It did work out. And it was... But it was a testament to you. It was a huge leap of faith. And you did it for Alex and I. And not... It was... there, There was nothing in it for you. There was truly nothing in it for you. And I know you may say, oh... Your dad. Okay. See, I'm trying to give you credit. Try and cut, cut it. Uh, I am trying to say decision, and it was the hardest. Yes, and it was. It changed all of our lives. It changed my life. It changed Alex's life. It. I I think truly, it put us on a trajectory path. I would have never gotten into Boston College. Yeah. I think it was, I, it was a great high school. It, I got to play sports at a really high level. That was a big factor in my life. And I, I think yeah. Alex and I being together yeah. and the year apart, yeah. everyone always asks why Alex and I are so close. <laughs> I said, well, <laughs> your parents are crazy. yeah, if your parents are nuts enough, you got, you got to be close with your siblings. No, I, it was having, be, being away from him for that year. I think we finally appreciated each other. And I remember the first time I talked to him on the phone and I, you like handed me the phone. I'm like, I don't know what to say. Is my brother? This is weird. And then we just started chatting, and it was like, oh, that was nice. That yeah. was really nice. So it all worked out. Thanks for doing that. You're welcome. And can we also Thanks tell? Have me on your podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anytime, mom. Anytime. We may have to start a spinoff where it's just you. <laughs> Just running commentary. Um, Prelude of wine. (laughs) Prelude of wine is very important. Very important. I think we should also take a quick detour and tell the story of how you ultimately knew that it was the right decision to move to Denver. Because I didn't know that was on the table. The other thing that we left out of that story of the decision was that it came time for me to decide what I was going to do for high school because I, you know, had the same decision to make. No, and I'm glad I didn't know it at the time when I killed you. Mom, that's not true. That's not true. (laughs) 
We talked about it a lot. I told you I wanted to stay. And you said, oh, is that because you feel bad for me? <laughs> Which was not the answer I was looking I for. <laughs> I seriously forget parts of it. You do. You do. And that's that okay. I'm not comfortable to That's remember. fine. I think that's a, a very healthy <laughs> defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. It could be the wine, too. I don't know. Um, but I thought we were staying in Michigan. I, I just thought there's no way that both of our kids can move to Denver. Like, that, that's not an option. So I thought we were staying. And then you come home <laughs> one night. I didn't even know. I kind of knew you went to a Michigan football game, but I had no Michigan, idea. Colorado. So go ahead and tell briefly mater. the story. So you're two alma maters. From the University of Colorado. Yes. And then I graduated from grad school at Michigan. And football games are big in Ann Arbor. Yes. You know, 100,000 people in the stadium. <laughs> So I've been making lists, pluses and minuses of moving versus not moving. And it was hard. And I was so fed up with it. So I just said, hey, to my boyfriend, whoever wins this game, that's where I'm going. <laughs> I'm not deciding anymore. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it would have really happened. But so the, tr- the thing is, Michigan was winning. And then in the last the minute, whole game, the whole game in the last minute, you're the sports announcer. No, it was the it was the Hail Mary. It was and, the greatest well, play. Well, I realized in the last minute when I thought Michigan was going to win that you that, were sad. Uh, then I wasn't going to go to Colorado that that it wasn't the right move and I was very sad. And so that probably and should have told you something. The Hail Mary. Yes. And then the fact that they won <laughs> on one of the most famous plays in the history of college football on a Hail Mary at the last second I mean, and 80 yards? It, yes. Cordell Stewart. I mean, it was, yeah, I think it was 75. And Rick Neuheisel was the offensive coordinator at the time and who I became a colleague of mine at Pac-12 later. And he was telling me the story one time on a podcast we were doing together of how at halftime of that game, they threw a Hail Mary. And when he went into the, you know, locker room, he said, hey, if we get another chance to do this, and he drew up the exact Hail Mary as it actually then was called. Yeah. And So Michael Westbrook, it was really cool because I got to meet him. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> and and I got to tell him the story live on the air about how that catch totally changed my life. And I think again, you probably would have realized how you felt right. that that was a sign that you needed. But the fact that it was a him, I mean, cosmic. it was just like God being <laughs> like, "Hey, I am just going to make this as easy as I possibly can for you." And you come home. <laughs> and I'm just sitting at the kitchen table and you're like, I mean, I think she must, you must be hammered because you were so giddy. You were laughing. You were, did you see the game? I had obviously did not see the game. And I was just sitting there at the kitchen table looking at you like, what are you talking about? You're just going on and on and on. Yeah, I was in seventh grade. And you said, we're moving to Denver. That's it. <laughs> they won on a Hail Mary. We're moving to Denver. And I'm like, what? Okay. I had my Colorado, my gold. You did. You knew who you wanted. The near the stadium across the golf course and the tailgaters, and it was silent because no one could believe that we lost to Colorado. And you were going nuts, right? I was happy. And I'm sure your boyfriend was super excited about that too because he knew you were leaving. (laughs) When I left. Oh man. No, uh, it was it was good. Ah, so thank you for doing that. You're welcome. That was a good that was a good move, and thank you for that that yeah Cordell and Michael Westbrook. Love you guys. Um, okay, back to the list of questions. Uh, when I became a mom, what surprised you most? That you were so good at it. Really? Yeah. You did know that? I mean, um, tell me more never, about that, though. You never <laughs> complained. You never complained. Oh. All the hard parts, and you're nursing, and you're not sleeping, yeah. and 
and you just did it, but you never complained, which is amazing. Thanks, Mom. And you have an incredible, amazing husband. Oh, and I was so I do. so happy that you picked well. Mm-hmm. Chris. Chris, we love you. you. for staying with Ashley. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for... <laughs> if you leave me and you disappear, this is going to be counted as evidence. <laughs> just kidding. Don't cut that. Cut, cut that. He's amazing. He is amazing. And I feel very lucky because I wouldn't, I mean, obviously I wouldn't have the life that I have if it wasn't for him, but he was the perfect, is the perfect person for me and the perfect dad. He's, he's an amazing dad. Yeah. I mean, there's no such thing as he's a perfect incredible. parent, but he is as good as they, as good as they get. And I'm blessed by a wonderful son yeah. and a wonderful daughter. Yes. And that is a gift. Life so much Oh, <laughs> so thank you to those parents. Yes, and those kids. love that. Yeah, well said, mom. No, and I think that's another thing when you like that's what I want for my kid, both of my kids, more than anything, is for them to find people who they can build a family with and experience having kids and all the things that come with that. And and some of my grandchildren look like me, which I love. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> who do you think looks more like you, me or Alex? Uh, uh, well, probably Alex. Because he was your beautiful child. <laughs> I was walked right into that one. He looks like my family. No, both of you are better looking than your dad and I ever were. Uh, <laughs> I don't think that's true. You you guys were hot back in your day. I've seen pictures. Back in the disco days. Back in the disco, days. disco duck. Uber. <laughs> oh, I, I'm glad that I didn't complain because those were some dark days early on. And you were... Very helpful and have been. And when you texted me out of the blue one time on the couch, and this was when I knew I must have been just a lot of hormones, postpartum, like exhausted, emotional. You texted me something about you are such a great daughter. And I just <laughs> sobbed, like <laughs> full, like hiccup crying. Aww. And so we don't. I would say that your family wasn't good. Obviously, if your mom never told you I love you, then you have changed that trajectory because even though I wouldn't say that we were always the most effusive with each other because I just don't think that that was how you grew up and how... But I feel loved by you and you always told me that you love me. And so thank, thank you, you for doing Smashy. that. <laughs> yeah. That's her nickname. Let's <laughs> cut that too. <laughs> No. To hear directly, and you're right. I it is. Up with yeah, and it's important. It is important. You think so you know, I, right? You're doing this podcast called Your Mom is Amazing. I know. It's inspirational. We have a little puppy over here who wants oh. to come say hello. He's cute. I, you, I know how much you love dogs. <laughs> <laughs> she loves them. Oh, loves them. Um, okay. Uh, this feels like a weird question to ask, but again, it's just on the list from Judy. So what are you most proud of me for as a mom? Um, I am most proud of you for combining motherhood. Ashley's a great mother. Her kids are great. <laughs> and you make a lot of time for them. Seems like mm, to me. I try to. I always feel like um, I could make more, but yeah. Um, and you combined it with building a career. That's yeah. doing what you love to do. Yeah. I think, right? Talk. Yes. <laughs> talking, right? What you do? This is no. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. It's, it's you, you're doing what you love, which is talk. 
It's never been put quite that simply, but you're exactly right, Mom. Sports yep. it, it? Yeah, no, yeah, talking. But it's just talking. Books, you know a lot about football? Yeah. Yeah, I'm amazed. <laughs> <laughs> um, <sighs> just that you put it together and you've sustained your marriage and yeah. you work at that and you work at being a mother thanks mom and you work at your career and my kids are so great that i can't even talk about them with my friends i'm afraid they'll be jealous <laughs> how's that for motherly that's that was the perfect answer <laughs> wow i didn't yeah okay that was good thank you judy for that question that was a good one Whew. thanks mom yeah i think i, I do i appreciate you saying that i make time for my kids because i try really hard and sometimes i think i don't enough or that there's just not enough time in the day. And, you know, the irony again of having a podcast about motherhood when <laughs> it takes me away from time with them is sometimes not lost on me. But if you guys ever watch this one day, just know <laughs> this podcast is for you. It's not for me. It's for you. Okay. Just don't forget that. They'll tell you. I know. <laughs> um, okay. This is one of my favorite ones. What is one external thing that you're glad I inherited from you? So, um, I was going to say long legs. Yes. Deep set eyes. Oh, long legs and deep yeah. set eyes. Yeah, good. Yeah. Both those are good things. So. Definitely. Um, I remember when I was in probably fifth grade, fourth grade, and I was putting on my Girl Scout uniform and it was a skirt <laughs> and I thought it looked so bad and I was crying, like standing in the mirror, just, <laughs> you, came, you came out of your room and you said, Ashley, one day... They're going to love your long legs. Am I right? Am I right to your boyfriend who was standing right there? Do you not, yes. are long legs not a good, and he was like, oh, you know, your mom's right. And I'm like, okay, I don't, I don't think it's I want to, and you're right. Long legs are a thing. It turns out. They're a thing. Who knew? You walk faster. Who way, knew? So. Okay. Well, thank you for my long legs. Okay. I appreciate those. And my deep set eyes. Uh, what is one internal thing that you're glad that I got from you? I think I have a sense of humor. <laughs> yes, you do. I would say your emotional intelligence. I don't know that I have as much as you do. Intuition. I got. I think that you are incredible at being in tune, almost to a point that I think that you overthink things sometimes. But in the reality is you're very in tune to what people may think. And you are so good at... Yeah. I mean, you're just, mom, you're classy as hell. You're a classy broad. You write thank you notes. You always think to bring the right tablecloths and make sure you taught me Very how to fold, you taught me how to, how to fold towels so that my future in-laws wouldn't think I was raised in a barn, which is what you always were worried about. <laughs> and all of those little things that again, like the stuff around the holidays that I just thought was so ridiculous. It does matter. And I think your intuition with people and making sure that people feel taken care of. And you're a host. You are a natural hostess, yeah, a I think. It takes you a lot to host lot. people, but you it is a love <laughs> language and you do it very well. Yes. Yeah, so I do think I got that from you. Let's keep having, holidays. Let's keep having more holidays. Yeah. Let's. I'm, I'm down. More okay. holidays. Okay. How did our relationship grow? I'll, I'll answer this too. How did our relationship grow when I became a mom? I think you appreciated and you tell me often, how did you do this, of what it took. Um, it's not just the physical labor. It's you're concerned about how they're doing in always. And you try to make that the best it can be, but you never know if it's going to Yeah, work. you never know if it's going to work. That's exactly <laughs> right. You just keep putting or in, you, you deposit all this right money into in the bank or, and you have no idea yeah, if it's going to pay anything. It might turn out like a cake. They might turn out like a cake. <laughs> 
just keep poking him with a toothpick and like see if it's ready yet. <laughs> yeah, I think that's exactly I think that's exactly right. And I think our relationship grew from my perspective in two ways. One, I think I knew as I got older how much I appreciated that you weren't actually trying to ruin my life in high school. Like you were trying to do what you thought was best for me, even though I didn't really see it. Um, and I, I just think, like you said, I don't know how you did it. And I don't know how you did it on your own. I really don't. Because it takes everything to be able to do it. And you just, you, you, you do the best with what you have, which we've talked about a lot. But I, I think about you all the time and I just think, God, I don't think I'll ever be able to fully say thank you oh, enough. Yeah. yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for raising me. Sure. It's a breeze. You did a great, there's no thing. Just kind of well, showed up. We Alex did joke. Himself, I yeah. I was a little tougher <laughs> than Alex. I yeah. I, um, you used to say that you had a laissez-faire parenting, which is kind of perfect because yeah. we're here. And I think that is, it is in some ways true and in some ways the opposite. <laughs> I mean, because laissez-faire means that you don't really, you know, you don't really care. Let the market work. You, just, <laughs> you got that, Alex? <laughs> that's actually kind of the best parenting philosophy I've heard. Just let the market work and it will work out. Perfectly said, mom. You know Perfectly said. I do know what you said. And I also think, and I said this to you t this week too, when we've had some great conversations together, is that I think you and I in the last year or so have been able to have more honest, direct conversations with each other, which I think we haven't always been able to have. And I appreciate that you, and tell me if you feel otherwise, I can't tell by the look on your face. <laughs> I think we are both more open to those conversations or at least recover more quickly from those conversations. I don't know. You initiate those. Yes, but you are receptive to them. That's true. Yeah. But I not, wasn't used to having that. I know. And that's why I'm saying, that's why I appreciate that you, yeah. no, that you are receptive to them. I know. And that's... It's not as easy. And Cora, if you're listening to this one day, I hope you just tell me the truth, even though I won't be able to handle it. Just, you just, you need a truth, you need that truth teller in your life who you don't, who it doesn't feel like they're being offensive when they're trying to be, because right. it's the I only thing that, that I ever, well, yeah. It's just when you first hear it. It's just when you first hear it because it just feels like criticism, but it's not. And I'm really good at criticism. <laughs> you are excellent at criticism, <laughs> but you're also excellent a lot of things so that's and it's probably been good for me um okay if you could drop the most perfect day for you and I what would we do <laughs> I did this we would be in Paris oh <laughs> on vacation yes tell me I more my grandchildren but they wouldn't be around mm -hmm. I wouldn't be caring for them and you would be caring for them <laughs> and we would um drink a little wine <laughs> have breakfast in this beautiful place <sighs> Or someone, some young man brings us an omelet and, <laughs> <Delicious>. you know? <laughs> and some fresh squeezed orange juice. Yes. And, and some pano chocolates. Yeah. All those <laughs> things happen this morning. And you can have a conversation and you're not distracted. And you're not doing the dishes and someone waits on you. That yeah, <laughs> it is. And then today we went, I do love shopping. I do love shopping, shopping. too. Yeah. We went shopping in Paris. Um. Today was my today might have been the perfect day. Yeah. And 
And the sun was the most beautiful thing. Yeah. The sun's been out all day. Right. Other than the cab driver that you got so mad at, but then we were glad that you got mad at him because then we got to walk in the sun yeah. along the Seine to the Eiffel Tower. So I think it ended up working out well. Okay. Uh, I think that's exactly yeah, right. Time to talk. And then we did a podcast. Is that also that's part of your true. perfect that's day? Awesome. <laughs> okay, good. Good answer. Good answer. You don't need to cut and we that. Went to lunch. Yeah. yeah. Great. And we had bread and. We just had a picnic. Fruits. We just had the most um, delightful picnic. Bread. Cheese, macaron, <laughs> macaron, <laughs> fresh strawberries. Yeah, this is the, the French great. have it figured out. The French have it, fi- and they're very relaxed here. They are, and they love to be social. They it's do. They just sit. They can they just sit. be. What is the what is the French saying? The key to happiness, or uh, uh, a loaf of bread, a jug of wine, and thee. Thee. That's what we have, Mom. The uh, ultimate. The, <laughs> This is the most romantic mother-daughter podcast in the history of the world. I agree. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Okay, good. We're almost to the end here. You're doing great. This is even better than I could have imagined. I hope you're feeling good about it. Okay, one day, Collins and Cora, my children will listen to this. What do you hope they remember you for? I hope they remember being at my house and having pancakes and <laughs> watching cartoons. <laughs> Getting ready for holidays. They love holidays. Easter eggs. They do. Christmas village together. Um, they're just the best. I mean, just the things that you do that are that come through through the year. They're mm-hmm. seasonal, and you go through that at all different times of your life. But some of it's the same stuff. Yeah, and that's what I remember from my childhood. It's the traditions that yeah, you think about. Yeah. Right. I think that's exactly yeah, that what they're going to remember. You are Not fun. Quite as strict as their mother. <laughs> What time you went to bed or how much sugar you had. But you, I, I have tried to get over my own issues about you spoiling our grandkids because you're supposed to. Like, you're yeah, supposed to spoil bit. your grandkids. Yeah, I mean, I don't throw them in the yeah. And I'm going to, yeah. I mean, I'm going <laughs> to give my grandkids all the sugar in the world and put them to bed late and that's let them watch cartoons. Yeah, but I, it's going to be crazy. okay. They do, that's the thing. Then you have to live with it the next day. It's true. You, you do have to pay the price eventually. Okay, is there anything that you would want to say to them now? I love you. Hmm. Um, you have a great mom and a great dad. You can share what Cora said. Yeah. Your dad is watching her this week. Yeah. So my mom and I are in Paris all week. Thank you, Chris, for being home and watching the kids. Thank you, Chris. And Cora, our daughter, who's three, says to Chris out of the blue, Dada, I am starting to think I love you. <laughs> That is so Cora. Or maybe it was, I am thinking I am starting to love you. So I said, it's she's almost four. I think you put in enough, like four years is good. That's probably the right amount of time that I want her to have a man in her life before she decides she loves them. So I think that's a sign of good things to come. Probably too long. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think you're just perfect the way that you are, Cora and Collins. Oh they are the, you, you guys are the best kids. If I never they say it to best. you other than right now, you. you're the father. best kids I could have ever asked for. Truly. It's a, Heaven sent. Two more. Your hope for this chapter of your life. Chapter. This is one of the closest. This is a season. No, it's just a season. (laughs) It's just one season out of many seasons. This chapter of your life, A, how would you describe it right now? And what do you you hope for it? What do you want? Oh, gosh. Since I'm 67, Mm -hmm. I would say I'm on the... Uh, over the hump. <laughs> you are. The downswing. <laughs> but I'm glad that I'm healthy enough to ski with my grandchildren. Yes. 
and to go kayaking with them and ski with my friends. And um, I just love spending time with my friends. Yeah, you have gr- you have built an amazing group of friends. Them. Yeah. You do so much now. Seeing Alex's kids. Yeah. Cooking. I never was a good cook. My kids will tell you, and it's true. (laughs) You've gotten really good. You have gotten really good. It's never too late. (laughs) It's never too late. That's another theme of this podcast. It's never too late. Yeah. There's still so much more to do. Stay healthy long enough to do it. And your bucket list item or what you want to, what something you want to do in this chapter is what? Find a life partner. Mm. Did I say that? I think you I did. You know that we anyone. manifest things on this podcast. Oh. So go right. ahead. Go ahead and manifest go it. The requirements. Yeah, go, go, go give no, me I'm like not. two or three. Requ- I can give a couple I do requirements. I like tall. I know that's external. Tall is good. <laughs> yeah, but you got to have a few external things. Tall is important. Witty. Funny and witty. Yeah. Or at least somebody who can appreciate Truthful. a good sense of humor. Truthful. Yeah. That's, that's probably day. plenty. <laughs> so I if there's any tall, witty, truthful gentleman out there. I'm going to email your mom, podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> Send me a resume and a bio and a full body, you know, I need a full body shot with something next to you that I can measure how tall you actually are. Uh, and I'll, I'll put you in the queue. Actually, you're bad. <laughs> uh, I think there's somebody out there. I know there is somebody out there for you. I, just, I need to look harder. You need to be open yeah. to it. Yeah, I don't think you need to look harder. My daughter gives, you know, when you get old enough, your daughter gives you dating advice. I know. What's the best advice I've given you, Mom? Oh, gosh. Um, (laughs) Do the podcast. I've given a lot of it. Yeah, do the (laughs) podcast. I appreciate Um, that you have been open to this. Yeah, I wasn't. Because I knew that it was giving you some anxiety. So you you, you nailed it. We had to go to Paris. We had to go to Paris. It's true. (laughs) Other than that, it's it's just the bare bare minimum requirements. This is fun. This is fun. See, it is fun. I know. Um, Okay, we end this podcast with the same thing every time. And usually we get a video from uh, the kids. I was supposed to get one from Alex and I forgot, so I apologize. But it's okay. I just saw (laughs) the best thing about having you as my mom Uh is. And I think I've said this to you, and if I haven't, I'm going to say it directly to you right now, is you taught me what it was like to be an independent, fiercely independent badass who could just, you could just do it. You could just do it. More of a badass than me. But, and maybe <laughs> badass isn't quite the right word that I'm going for. Yeah, you, you're right. You, when it, I didn't know that it was strong as strong. You I were so strong. You were so, you are so strong. You were so strong. And I think... I just saw you doing it. And I had empathy, I think, as a kid for how hard it was for you because I knew it was hard for you. And it wasn't perfect. I was not perfect. (laughs) Neither were you. Neither were, I mean, but you really taught me what it was. And and I remember always feeling, this probably wasn't the, like, the healthiest way to look at things, but in all of my years, in my 20s, when I was coming up and trying to figure my way out, I always felt like when I wasn't sure exactly where my love life was going to end up was that I'm okay. (laughs) It's probably another podcast. (laughs) I'm okay by myself. I'm okay by myself. Like I really felt like I was okay with myself. And I think it was because I had seen you navigate all these different things and have these big time jobs and work so hard and just pull it all together somehow. And I don't think I ever 
fully appreciated it until much later in my life. But that was, I, I got that from you. Like that independence and just, you can do it. Yeah, I did. I really did. So thank you. I do. And it's, it's huge. And I just, like I said, the, the thing that I appreciate, the decision that you made that I appreciate more than I could ever say, because it totally fundamentally changed our trajectory was you moving to Colorado uh, and having Alex and I be together for high school and all the things that came with that. So you nailed it. I hope I never have to make a decision like that for my own kids, <laughs> but I hope that if I do, yeah, I hope that there's a sign from God like that, that I'll know exactly the right thing to do and I'll make that decision. Awesome. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. I haven't gotten you to cry yet, so I feel like we just got to keep going, <laughs> keep drinking wine. Um, okay. Any last, what am I missing? Do you want, do you want to, can you tell everyone about your affinity for Bunny Raitt? Right. She, why why have you loved her so much? Yeah. Because she sings about heartbreak, I think. <laughs> she's soulful. And she's she's great. She's beautiful and she has long red hair. Yeah. And she's still singing and she just won an award. Yeah. So go Bonnie. Go Bonnie. <laughs> we love you, Bonnie. That's that's we we do. I think one day we gotta try and meet Bonnie. I hope that we can manifest that yeah. to happen. Okay, mom, this has been better than I could have imagined. <laughs> Truly, like I, this oh, went, like this went way better than I thought it was going to go. I'm not going to lie. You're a natural with a mic in your hand. I don't think you really, because turns what turns out. Guess what? You also like to talk, oh, as I do too. It's true. It's true. So maybe I got from, it from you. It comes from living alone. <laughs> this is perfect. I just need to get you a microphone. You can just talk into it all day long. No, that would <laughs> now be we too know. Much. Alex, I'm calling you. All right. <laughs> Cheers to your mom. In Paris, um, the Eiffel Tower. Thanks for doing this. Thank you for taking. And I, I, I can't wait to. Me, I'm oh man, I can't wait for what 2.0 of this is. <laughs> I could be dead by then. <laughs> so there it is, my mom on your mom and Lisa. I was listening back to it this morning, getting ready to record this, and I just, I had the biggest smile on my face. It was the trip of you a remember lifetime. Because you were so drunk before, you probably I don't was, remember. I don't even remember the I, end of it. Yeah. You don't remember. Yeah. Your mom's name. I have to know. <laughs> um, oh, no, no we, we had had we had had a little yeah. bit of wine by by the end of, of that, but we needed it because it took the edge off just a little bit. And you're in what do you you're in you're in Paris. What are you not going to drink it's, wine? Right. Come on. I mean, it would that would be yeah that would be against the law. I think in every no, way. No, that was such an amazing interview. That was I am so thankful I got to listen to that. I wish I could have been part of it, Me but it, I'm so happy you have that. Yeah. The questions that Judy gave you were so poignant. They were so perfect. They were spot on. And your mom answered them beautifully. I can't believe she was so reluctant to come on and then came on and was just beautiful. She was amazing. She shared just, oh my gosh, the stories about her mom, how she celebrates every holiday and the traditions are so important to her. That's, you know yeah. what? And you were, you were like kind of resentful of that a little bit, but yeah, I used to be the thing that I was so annoyed by. I'm like, and do we need seven different types of dishes? It's not yeah. seem necessary, but it is. And now That's I see it with my kids. Right. And, and it like, is, it's important. And, and Cora one day, both of them will appreciate yeah. it later on. They'll be like, oh, this reminds me of my mom and whatnot. Yeah, I get that hundred percent. Um, your mom, um, just her move was like incredibly two things. She was very sacrificial mm. for her to pick up and move with you guys. I'm um, so first of all, thank you, um, Cordell Stewart and Michael Westbrook yeah. for that the Hail Mary that, that and was, the that was pivotal. Because then you were able to come to Colorado and we have that connection. 
personally, I'm very happy about that. So that was good. But that was very, very sacrificial of her to pick you up and move out here. And I also loved what she said. And this is so true. I could totally relate how the minute you guys were born, she just felt like so protective of you. And she just, she was so over the top protective, which I get. There's got to be a chemical, a Pitocin, a serotonin. I don't know what it is, but I felt that too. It's like a, an it's the mama bear. You can't describe it. It's like yeah. you would literally do anything, anything, anything. And, you, and it must, I mean, it has to be the reason that our species has survived. Cause if not, I don't know why anyone would have more kids and what, but like, as soon as they come yeah. out, you're just like, I will do anything. And, to yeah. keep this little little thing safe. I yeah. I was dying laughing. My one of my, I mean and I learned a lot. I will say there were things that I didn't know, but one of my favorite lines of hers was when she was like I'm just really proud that you're pursuing what it is that you love, which is um to talk. Talk. Yeah. <laughs> Never really thought about my career that way, but that's exactly what I do. Were you like as a kid, were you like like my like I, Luke, like lo who loves to talk and lo share? Yeah, I love that Luke's always chatterbox. Like, yeah, I guess I probably talked. I didn't think of myself. I mean, I think of myself as a talker now, but I was shy when I was younger. I was a little bit shy when I was little. Um, really? I was too a little bit, which yeah, people are. Yeah, really, I get, but that's, I think well. for sure. And also I think I had, I've heard a lot of different parenting philosophies, but um, let the market work. I, that was, that was one that I hadn't, hadn't heard of the laissez-faire parenting that we were joking about that she used to always say, oh, it's, we just kind of, you know, cause she could, did what she could with what she had. Yeah. But I just have to call out one thing that yeah. makes it sound like she didn't worry. My mom, like all moms, she worries. She's Actually, worried. the one thing she said that she was worried when your dad left, yeah, that her sadness and heartbreak was going to carry over to you guys. And you were a baby. What were you, 18 months old? You know, and yeah. she, that was her worry was that her sadness, she was trying to process her own sadness. And she was so afraid that, that that was her worry. It wasn't even like about herself. It was about how it's going to affect my kids. And if that's not the most mom thing I've ever heard, I don't know what is, but she's not thinking about what's going on in her life. She's like, how could my kids possibly be happy if I'm this exactly. sad? But yeah, no, I, I think that is true. She showed me the picture the other day. I was looking through some of her old pictures and she goes, Oh, this is the picture I was talking about that you it's your school picture. And it came home and I was looking at it and you just didn't look happy. And that was when I, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my gosh, I'm affecting my kids. Like I'm in, I'm, I'm going to, they're, they're not going to be able to be happy because, and I was like, no mom, I'm just scowling clearly at the camera. Cause I'm annoyed by this picture. I look exactly yeah, like my own daughter right me now. in the hall or whatever. Yeah. What my face looks like mom. Yeah. I just resting bitch face. Um, <laughs> but Ash, I had it at a very young age. I could besides the fact that you were, a, they called you the mole cause you were such an ugly baby. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> my other favorite story, which blossomed, obviously you're the butterfly that came out of the cocoon because I haven't seen baby pictures of you, but you're obviously you're beautiful. Nicely but done. the best is the video of you playing the flute on stage and your mom making out with her boyfriend in the back is that is my favorite story of all time. That is and so my good. My poor brother, who <laughs> is just getting, like all of his friends because they're watching it in class, and everyone's like, "Who, who is that?" His mom, his mom, me making too. out. And I love that she also was like, "We weren't making out; we were kissing." I'm like, "Do I not know what making out is?" Is I guess I don't. I don't know what else <laughs> goes on. In the, yeah, I guess that's a technicality. But I decided after that, I was thinking about this. Like, oh. I think for every one of Collins and Court, like Collins's t-ball game tomorrow. I'm just going to go, I'm going to get out of blanket. I'm just going to start making out with Chris. Just like, <laughs> you know what? Collins will appreciate like it. Story to tell. I'm going to do, I'm going to make out with your dad. It's, mm -hmm. it's a family tradition. It's, a, it's just a family know. tradition. It it's loosens, like kind it of loosens like everything up. China that, that's passed down from generation. Yeah. This is what we passed down in our family. <laughs> 
I was, that is an all timer there. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of good stories about, and it reminded me a little bit and we'll, we'll set up your mom's coming next week, but hearing you talk about your mom when she started dating and courting and what that was like, and oh, it's, yeah. you know, it's a whole, there's a whole dynamic there for sure, but it, it was so special. And we talk about these precious moments and sacred moments in our lives. And that, that was, that was a touchstone. That was so, um, it was something I'll never forget a little bit ironic because I almost lost the recording. I don't even think I told you this. Uh, I, th that was the, the version that you saw was a screen recording of the original because I did something to my computer and I lost it in the okay. iCloud. So I almost didn't again. have, it was almost like the most special thing that neither of us were ever going to remember. Um, you were but it was, it was amazing. And I will, like you said at the beginning, it, letters and memories and pictures, those are all great, but nothing is like a video audio recording of someone who you love and a conversation. I, I just saw a, I don't know if it was a TikTok or some little Instagram thing that they were, this, a reporter was going on asking moms what they truly want for Mother's Day. They were saying, oh, do you want flowers? Not one of the moms answered that they wanted flowers. The majority of them said, I would love a hug from my kid or just to sit down and have a one-on-one -on -one conversation, not even a full meal, but just a, the time the sit down, the, how are you? And, and ask and genuinely care about each other. That's, that was the majority of the answers. It was and really that's think about it, what you want, you know what I mean? I think that's at the end of the day, what, what we all want. And, and I right. will just, the last thing I'll say is if you have a chance, if you're listening to this and you still have a chance to go on a trip with your mom or your dad, if they are still alive, take it and do not wait. Like this is the sign from the universe telling you to just like go book it, go figure out, it, you can go camping. It doesn't matter, yeah. but it go just, for coffee. simple, simple. simple. It's, it's one-on-one -on -one time with your parent or your child right. is one of the greatest gifts that I think we can give ourselves and each other. And it's, it's hard to make time for it when all the things that are going on that are so busy and all the rest, but that one-on-one -on -one time is so special and don't take it for granted because it, it's, um, you know, it's different. You just got back from a big trip with your mom mm -hmm. and you know how special yeah. those times can be. Even when at the end, she's telling you that you need to get a better conditioner for your hair because your hair sucks. Well, next week, tune in on Mother's Day. We are releasing the big mama Happy episode Mother's and Lisa's mom, as much as you love my mom, I feel the same thing about mm -hmm. your mom. And mama. we'll set up the hilarious story of how that recording came to be because again it was almost a year ago that we recorded that episode yeah. so it's so it was a long time still have so it. lots happened since then it was almost a whole year ago yeah almost a whole year yeah. but uh <laughs> it's it's such a great conversation for so many reasons and your mom is incredible and i can't wait for all of you to hear that so thank you to my mom for finally uh yeah. getting out of her shell and realizing that maybe she should have her own podcast can you imagine by the way lisa if like your mom had had a podcast when you were a kid Oh my gosh. That, like that, that occurred to me the other day. I'm like, I never really thought about that. I always, I always think back, like we didn't grow up. Like I did not raise my kids with Facebook, Instagram, right. you know, Twitter, any of that, that it's a different time. Different it time. Is, I mean, it, yeah, it would be very difficult to do that and to be a kid being raised. Yeah. So uh, our apologies to all yeah. of our children. Yeah. <laughs> Just mom is trying to make a little money on a podcast. That's all we're trying to do. <laughs> uh, okay. I love you. Have a great lead up into Mother's Day week, everyone. And we will see you next week on Mother's Day for Big Mama. Betty Conroy cannot wait for that. Mwah.
by the way, okay, I fucking love your mom. Sorry. I might I like her more than you even. Oh, I mean, you. Like, that's what's going to happen. People are going to listen to this and they're going to be like, oh, we've had the wrong mom on this podcast. We need... We need, need the wrong bloodline on here. I think I might want Alex too, because according to your mom, one thousand percent, way smarter than you. Yeah, he's smarter and better looking, and, and tall. And he doesn't look like a mole. And taller. Yeah, no, he, he doesn't look like a mole. The, I was like the leftover genes, for sure. <laughs> You're the ones just that he took all the nutrients. He took all the growth. good ones, and they were just like, well, there's a few left in there. There's a few little those. little trinkets left over for you to just didn't quite develop totally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly right. 